Union Jack Radio at the Leicester Comedy Festival. This is Union Jack Radio at the Leicester Comedy Festival. I'm Charlie here at the heart of what is Europe's biggest comedy festival. If you've just heard the brilliant comedians performing live at Union Jack Radio Circuit Breakers, stick around. We've got some more highlights coming up. But before that, we've got a Britain's Got Talent finalist as seen on Live at the Apollo. It's Nabil Abdul Rashid. Hello, Nabil. Hello, uh, thank you for having me here. It's an honor. Start of a, a new year. It seems like we've almost gotten the hang of this COVID thing. So, yeah, hopeful. Were you doing much during lockdown? Yeah, like uh, I was doing a lot of stuff over last year through the lockdown. I was gigging a lot, which is weird to say, but I was doing like a lot of the car gigs, telling jokes to cars, some with people in them. And uh, yeah, and, and lots of Zoom stuff. I got really used to Zoom. I think I was ahead of the curve because um, I always used to do loads of ranty live videos on my Facebook. And that's basically what Zoom is. So I was kind of used to it. Um, you know, <laughs> I was kind of prepared in advance. And obviously, one of the biggest things that happened during lockdown way back when was Britain's Got Talent. Yeah, that that was uh, that, that was an interesting uh, moment in time for me, man. I say moment in time. That took up like a whole year of my life. <laughs> Bro, it was surreal. Like Schrodinger's breakthrough because... Everybody knew who I was, but I couldn't go outside. You know, like <laughs> the biggest boost to your profile that you'll ever have as a comic. And there's no gigs. I was the most famous person in my house. Everybody <laughs> recognized me at home. Uh, but I mean, it was a major breakthrough. It, it was, um, it helped a lot with a lot of things. I think probably the smartest decision I've ever made as a comic was to go on that show when I did, you know, and then a whole bunch of stuff happened that kind of played to my advantage, you know, almost as if I planned it. <laughs> did you have several options to go do other years then? Because you said obviously it worked out for the right time. Had you been... Yeah, I mean, there was, a, there was a possibility of doing it many, many, many years before. And I just never followed through and did it. And you know what? Like many comics don't realize it at the time, but you don't always want to have the big opportunity early. You really don't. Because, I mean, having been in the machine now, I'm glad that I did it at the time when I'm confident. But well, I've always been confident in my ability, but, re- you know, confident with justification. You know, like I, I was prepared for whatever they threw at me. Because, like, in the end, God, I ended up doing it with um, no audience and you know it was all new material for each episode so yeah um there there were options to do it beforehand that there were possibilities openings and so on but i just never did it i just felt like i wasn't ready at the time And, and and that's a very difficult thing to say to yourself that you're not ready for something but you know it's not always about getting things early that's one thing i've learned is this true now see wikipedia can be an untrustworthy source is it true no. you were the youngest black comedian to perform at the Hammersmith Apollo when you were 25? At some point in history, that was true. I, I should imagine someone's probably broken that right now. But yeah. You spoke about being ready for Britain's Got Talent. But was that, <laughs> did you feel ready at that moment? I didn't even know what ready was because I'd only done like five or six gigs. <laughs> I won a competition and one of the um, prizes was to, to open... Uh, for Omid Jalili because he had a, a movie at the time and I, it, it didn't even occur to me that you do realize that like 4,000 people is not the same as 300 or 40 or on that day when I felt what it was like to perform on that stage for all those people I decided yeah this is what I want to keep on doing and I'm going to come back here again one day it, it, it was it was surreal just to see you know especially as my first ever gig didn't go that well so 
<laughs> we find comedians sometimes do get asked about their first gig, but we're always fascinated more about the ones that follow. I mean, my first ever gig was so bad that the venue used my name as a unit of failure. If ever any comic came on, did you do like a uh, half a bill? Well, half a bill all my days. He must have been horrible, man. What did he do? Defecate on stage. How are you going to do a half a bill? That's how bad I was. Well, hopefully they changed day. that now. Yeah, I actually went back and um, did the gig again and I recorded it. Brilliant. Called I it The that. Redemption of Nabil Abdul Rashid and I uh, put it up on uh, put it up on YouTube. I have a thing about always going back to places where I didn't do well, doing it again. I'm really stubborn like that. There, there was a night, um, the Jonglers night at uh, Tiger Tiger at the back. And it was possibly the worst setup. Like they had like a round table in the middle. Then six meters away, there was like a like a little um, booth that faced away from the stage. And then like another four or five meters to the left, there was a cluster of tables. And it was just designed for comedians to bomb. And I would go there every night and watch comedians die. <laughs> it was, honestly, I, I think I learned everything I know about comedy from that period of time watching comedians die. <laughs> and is that why you're doing two shows back to back at the Leicester Comedy Festival in case the first one goes badly, then you've got the other one straight after as <laughs> exactly. well? Exactly. If the left hand don't get him, then the right hand will. You know, you have to double up. <laughs> and also, no, the two shows, you know, it's, 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 no, it's a really good show. That they're back to back and so and two different venues. So I love the idea that maybe you could get like a convoy of people following you. So as you're trying to go from one venue to the other, you've just got the whole audience following along. Yeah, well, the secondary school, I, I was voted one, the one most likely to form a cult, you see. So <laughs> I, just imagining myself as this pied piper of Leicester just leading a group of people to, <laughs> on a comedy pub crawl just from one place to another, from one venue. That, that would uh, that would be amazing. That would be th this close to starting a cult. This close. <laughs> almost, almost. So Saturday the 19th, it will be the first day of your cult, and then we'll see how we go from there. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so I would like to play a game with you in a minute, if that's all right. Okay. I, I admit we've not told you any details other than we will play a game, so don't feel too nervous, and we'll be right back in a minute. Union Chat Radio at the Leicester Comedy Festival. It's Europe's biggest comedy festival. 800 performers, 560 shows, 64 different venues. We'll bring you all the tip-top, first-class, cream of the crop, top-notch, five-star, finest. Yeah, you get the idea. Just the best shows from the festival. Throughout February on Union Jack Radio and Jack Radio Player. This is Union Jack Radio. We have Nabil Abdul-Rashid with us. We have told him he's going to play a game. The game is called 3am Thoughts. I mean, I'm an insomniac, so... Uh... Some of my best thoughts come at 3am, the witching well, hour. Because we want to get to know you a lot better. So I'm going to ask you some questions based around those thoughts as well. Imagine that there's sort of echo, you're in darkness, you're rocking back and forth, and we'll see what answers you give to these. Yeah, sure. The first question is, who would you have turn up at your dream dinner party? What, living, dead, fictional? Living, dead, yeah, yeah. How many guests am I allowed? As many as you're willing to entertain. I'd have Muhammad Ali, Richard Pryor, Bruce Lee. Mike Tyson, I'd have Eddie Murphy, George Carlin, Miyamoto Musashi, who else? Maybe Oscar Wilde, Terry Pratchett and Stephen King. Yeah. That is a fantastic mix. Now, the, the main 3M anxiety-inducing question about that is what do you cook for them all? 
as much as you'd love to be having the conversation with them all, you're going to be in the kitchen. What what one meal do you make to entertain all of those people? I make them Brazilian fish stew with fried rice and plantain. Nice. Is that because it's a speciality of yours or just something that would just manage to suit all of them? I cook really well. So I, I mean, it's part of the reason why I'm so goddamn big. But um, I, I just think, yeah, I think that would hit everybody. I think everybody would enjoy that. I mean, I'm not sure, so I'm not sure about Stephen King. I think he probably had has some weird dietary requirements. I don't know. He'd be too busy writing a book in the corner, but he's got to fire them out quickly, so he'd just have to eat it and it'd be fine. Yeah, exactly. And I bet he could you'd write an amazing uh, book off of the experience alone. Like Mike Tyson would is a brilliant podcaster, so we could have like an amazing interview <laughs> with everybody in there. I think that would be a brilliant uh, mix of people. Definitely. And the final most anxiety-inducing 3M question we've got, what's your most embarrassing on-stage moment you've ever had? Oh, I've had lots of those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've had lots of those, man. Where do I start? There was this one time I was performing in Creative and a gang showed up in the middle. <laughs> After I'd done a joke about gangs, a gang turned up. And tried to start trying to kidnap a guy in the audience while I was performing. Did they not think that this was? If I was in the audience, I think that's part of the show. I'd think that it'd be like a sort of in play thing as well. How do you get? I around think that? they knew it wasn't part of the show when I failed. <laughs> <laughs> there was like seventeen of them. I'm not taking my chances. Did they heckle at all? They literally just focused on doing the kidnapping. No, they were very going... polite about it. They, they came to deal with. Who they came for, but it's just that I just ha- happened to have told a joke about gangs <laughs> literally five minutes before they showed up. Did they have to pay to get in as well? Did, did, did they, did I they didn't pay ask pre- Norman yes. on my way out. <laughs> Thank you so much for answering our 3 a.m. questions. So, thank you for having me. Shows. So, you've got back to back shows on Saturday the 19th, you've got a work in progress at Gray's at the LCB depot at 7 15. And then you've also got your new show at The Big Difference at 9.30. Where can people find you on socials? I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse and TikTok. Nabil Abdul-Rashid. And is there anything else you'd like to plug? Now, this is a tough one. What else? <laughs> I mean, the show is great and I appreciate having you come to the show. But otherwise, just follow me on any social media you've got. And pasteurized milk is the work of the devil. That, that's pretty much it. Nice. Unfortunately, this show's sponsored by a pasteurized milk company, so we oh, won't be able to. Yes. Make... No, no, it's not. Don't worry. <laughs> Welcome along to the Union Jack Circuit Breakers Night Comedy Show thing competition. We've got eight people at the back there, all boy, and someone there in the future. They could be selling out an arena. Matthew Hayhurst. I have got a guy in the audience. I asked him beforehand to read some stage directions, and he's going to do that just so it makes as much sense for the three listeners at home as it does for all you guys here. A man, possibly in his mid-twenties or perhaps 15, walks onto the stage. Despite his bewildered expression, he remains ruggedly handsome. I definitely would, given the opportunity. Did not write that last line. Catherine Higgins. A lot of people would tell me that I was a bit much. But recently I've decided to put like a more positive spin on it. So recently I just started calling myself a feminist. Because it means the same thing. It's just better branding. You know? I do need to watch out though because if my personality gets any more intense, 
I will have to go vegan. Joanne Sarkinson. I had a bit of an existential crisis when I turned 25, which I don't really think was my fault. But I wasn't feeling too bad about it until someone mentioned that if I were to enter the X Factor nowadays, I'd be competing in the 25 and overs category. I'm Chico now. Plastic Jesus. Next song is a love song. Uh, this is dedicated to my wife. I wrote the lyrics on my phone and uh, the next day when I went to learn it, I noticed that a couple of the words had been auto-corrected, but um, I think it's okay. Uh, this song is called My Angle. This is Union Jack Radio at the Leicester Comedy Festival. I'm Charlie, and if you enjoyed hearing highlights from Union Jack Radio Circuit Breakers, we're going to have more from them later. They are eight of the best unsigned stand-up comedians out there performing live right now, and we had them on this station. Now, our next guest has been performing comedy for a number of years. We love him. So with that in mind, hello, Jos Norris. How has your Leicester Comedy Festival been so far? Hello, thanks for having me. I'm um, I'm having a lovely Leicester Comedy Festival so far. You're performing at the Leicester Comedy Festival on Saturday the 19th of February, 6pm yes. at the Firebug. The show's called Blink. Um, yep. Now, I find your comedy quite interesting because you're abstract and you use the stage in quite unique ways. Anyone watching or listening to this might just imagine a stand-up comedian as a man holding a microphone Standard was it a conscious still, yeah. decision to break away from that or has it come quite naturally for you it sort of just happened gradually like when i started i just did stand up and i stood and i told jokes and told stories and things and i think it's partly that i wasn't very good at that it was like my natural like i've always been I'm, I'm kind of all right at being silly in a way that just comes naturally to me what people tended to enjoy most was when i would just go off and kind of do odd tangents but then i did a bit of work and clowning and character stuff for a while which is much more about kind of getting in amongst the audience or leaping around or or breaking the space a little bit and being less kind of stuck behind the microphone i think it's hard in comedy because as soon as you tell people you're in comedy their understanding of it is like jokes we need to hear jokes and they ask for that and it's quite hard to pin yourself into one thing or another to be like no i tell stories or i do characters or i do clowns now i sort of do whatever pops into my head really it's a bit theatrical and it's a bit charactery and it's a bit nonsensey but then every now and again i will just stand and tell stories as well i basically made things very hard for myself and you were preparing a show for edinburgh in 2020 obviously that couldn't happen but you morphed it into an online show yeah it was fun it was i think we all kind of responded to that first lockdown in different ways and i think for me and for a few other people there was a real like i've got to make stuff like all of us who had fringe shows planned or like were working in comedy i think there was a bit of a panic of like i've got to make myself busy otherwise what how am i going to deal with it and because i had this show that was sort of ready to go for that fringe i thought i'll film it in my house and i think it then meant that last year for me was a real burnout year i think i first year of the lockdown i was you know, work really hard and then it meant when it dragged on into a year now i'm done i've got absolutely nothing left you do specialize and do a lot of film sketches and comedy shorts and virals anyway which um you did an estate agent video which was particularly funny oh yeah that was, fun. was was that video inspired by a real life conversation because some of the it language was, that was, was way too on the nose <laughs> yeah i did um so i had to move house around november december and you have these conversations with estate agents that are so kind of like just trying to push you into agreeing to buy the flat not buy rent uh to sign to lease the flat before you've even seen it and you're really kind of made to feel a bit like a commodity um and then i eventually the place i ended up renting the estate agent was really lovely, really like kind, thoughtful guy. 
but went to look me up on Twitter when I made my offer because I said, I'm a comedian. That's what I do. I, you know, I had to prove that I had a job and that kind of thing. And he went to look me up and found that sketch and sent me a message about it, kind of making fun of me for it. And could have gone either way in terms of whether that might have completely scuppered my being able to find somewhere to rent or not. But he luckily found it funny. Hopefully there was language in there that estate agents also are able to laugh at. And you're talking about sort of just filling up your schedule and being quite busy. You, you have a very busy time at Leicester. You're only doing your show. You're also Richard Herring's uh, Rahel Estefa. I'm watching a show and then doing Rahel Estefa and then I'm watching Ali Bryce and then I'm going to run my show. And then I'm a part of Adam Larter's weirdos show in the evening but it's a bit of a mad day but Leicester's such a lovely bit of the comedy calendar like all my friends go up for it and we all do our shows over the weekend and it becomes it's a tiny tiny one day Edinburgh fringe where there's a real community to it and you get to see what we're doing and kind of run around I'll be tired I'll be very tired and definitely want to leave at the end but I think it'll be really fun could you kind of explain what your show is about it's basically about I um I used to be a very silly comedian as we've been talking about and I put all that behind me and decided that I'm now an incredibly brilliant gifted nothing's going to go wrong I'm not going to look silly it's going to be absolutely perfect that's the premise for the show I won't spoil whether or not I successfully do a great magic trick or whether I end up doing something stupid. Where do you get the title Blink from? Or is that all part of the mystery of it? I was reading a book about film editing and there's a film editor called Walter Murch who says that every time we blink, it's a signal of us having a new thought. So the rhythm at which you blink is the rhythm at which you're having thoughts. Um, and I really liked that idea and I wanted to make a show that almost like reflected the audience's thought patterns back at them. I kind of tried to go down that route properly for it and then realised that's incredibly complicated and I don't know what the audience is. I realised I would actually have to be magic in order to do that. So that's sort of where the idea came from, is it's it's about this magician character who thinks he can read the mind of the audience and control it, but actually can't. And I've kind of ended up going down that route because I realised that what I actually wanted to do was to genuinely do that and then realise, oh, that's impossible. Brilliant. So we're going to move on from magic now to all we've told you is that we'd like to play a game with you. That's all yeah, we've that said. Exciting. That's the right response to say. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with a game with Jos Norris. Welcome along to the Union Jack Circuit Breakers Night Comedy Show thing competition. Showcasing the stand-up stars of the future. Kate Lovelock. And if you've been thinking to yourself, Kate, some of those jokes only half worked. Yeah, I know. But then again, so do I. Alice Markey. So yeah, I'm I'm bisexual. Um, I first realised that I I fancied women um, watching Princess Diana's funeral on the TV. Um, sort of elegant and graceful, but had this this sadness about her that kind of pervaded everything she did. Um, and it and it pains me because I feel like if I'd been there for her, you know, that night. Things might have turned out differently. Rahul Somia. Uh, one thing I will address, though, you might be able to hear by now. I've got a, a very slight speech impediment. Yeah, a lisp. Hey, Siri. Who's Siri? Play me a fun, Siri. Here are some results for women's natural. <laughs> Play me the fun, fun by Fifto, Siri. Let's not. Adam Anwar. Started getting a job nowadays too. Started getting a job, so I thought I'd do the typical Asian thing, and I went self-employed. But I'm still half Polish, so I only pay myself minimum wage. At least that's what I tell HMRC anyway. (laughs) 
We're back on Union Jack Radio with Jos Norris, and we're going to play a game with him, which the title is called The 60 Second Six Syllable Sprint. It sounds like a mouthful. The 60 Second Six, six Syllable Sprint. Syllable Sprint, yes. It's basically a way just to get to know you a little bit more. So cool. we're going to ask you loads of quick fire questions in a minute, but you can only answer with six syllable answers. Oh my God, that's hard. I mean, maybe it's not. Maybe it's crazy easy. It sounds so a lot of fun. Count it on your hands. That's normally a tactic yeah. people do and see how it goes. So, got them ready here. Your time starts now. How would you describe your style of comedy? Stupid man being fun. How do you unwind? <sighs> um, music is nice to hear. What's your pet peeve? Ooh. That's not a syllable. I mean, music. Um, uh, nor are these. Um, Marmite and uh, it, it takes a lot to annoy me. Actually, Marmite and um, slow walkers. Nice. Answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you like about Leicester? Um, comedy scene, nice bars. And what's the hardest you've ever laughed? Hmm. Um. Dropped a potato foot. Dropped a potato on my foot is the full thing. Uh, I can't really explain why it was so funny. It was there was lots of specific things around the dropping of the potato that made it incredibly funny. Great. Well, the time's up, so I'm just gonna yeah, oh. just ask you more about it. Oh, so I can I can just elaborate on the potato. Yeah, go thing. ahead. It was on a New Year's Day. I used to celebrate New Year's Eve quite a lot. It used to be the one year, one night of the year where I'd go a bit crazy. So there was a New Year's Day where I was feeling very, very groggy and not very with it. I dropped a potato on my toe, and my housemate said potato. Uh, and I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. I, I couldn't stop laughing for about 20 minutes. It was, it was the funniest thing I'd heard that year so far. I was crying. It was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, there must have you... been another time I laughed more. To be honest. No, I love that story because we thought if you're going on a list of perks, we thought we'd have to avoid sort of emergency question style ones. But you're right, we asked that you're question right. and we got the potato yeah, nice. story. So yeah. what well, a great exclusive. Benchmarked for you now. Herring doesn't get it. I'll have to come <laughs> up with I a hear, different one for him. If I hear that potato story, then yeah, oh, I shout yeah. out. Um, so you're going to be appearing at the Leicester Comedy Festival, Saturday the 19th. It's called Blink, 6pm at Firebug. How can people find you on socials? I think I'm at Jos Norris on most social things, or you can go to josnorris.co.uk and that's my website, so it'll have everything all in one place. Uh, so hopefully that should get you to everything you need. Is there anything else you'd like to plug? Could be anything you're doing, a restaurant in Leicester an emotion what would you like to mention um i guess uh, i'm gonna be very so even though you've just made lovely suggestions of plugging no, nice if you restaurants want it, if you or emotions plug yourself, i am go gonna for plug it. something go for it. Go that for i'm it. doing um i've got a radio show that's coming out this summer on radio 4 called the dream factory that's a sitcom i don't know the exact date yet and we're launching a new podcast soon myself and alison thea scott are doing a podcast called Marky the secret with aura studios which i think end of February ish. So if either of those are of interest to people, then I'd love you to tune in to one or ideally both of them. Yeah, that sounds really nice. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Union Jack Radio at the Leicester Comedy Festival. This is Union Jack Radio at the Leicester Comedy Festival. I'm Charlie and that is another show done. Keep listening to Union Jack Radio every night from nine as we bring you the best comedians from Leicester Comedy Festival. And you can catch up on everything you've missed so far at unionjack.co.uk. You can download Jack Radio Player or follow us on socials at Union Jack Radio. This is an original podcast from the Jack Radio Network. 
Discover more on Jack Radio Player.